0: Lord, today, thank you for for the word that you've prepared for us. Thank you that your people uh, are prepared for the word. And that, Father, you'll speak from heaven what thus saith the Lord. That you'll um, encourage us from the word. You'll also educate us from the word. And by your spirit, you will empower us to accomplish what, Lord, I believe for us is in these last days a mandate a mandate, a financial mandate to be the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. A mandate to receive and walk in covenant wealth. I ask you, Father, that your people will no longer see this in 2021 as a good idea, as inspirational preaching, as just... It would be good if it happened. But that your people begin to see covenant wealth, our prosperity, our headship as a kingdom mandate that we must receive it, that we must walk in it. For your word has declared that when the righteous are in authority, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked ones bear rule, the people groan. Father, it's time for there to be great rejoicing. And so you need us to receive and walk in this mandate of covenant wealth. So speak, Father, from heaven today. We ask it and we receive it in thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a mandate that we walk in covenant wealth. And look at somebody else who looks like they're paying attention. And say, it's a mandate that we walk in covenant wealth. I was in a meeting with uh, uh, one of our deacons here early this week, or the latter part of this pe- last week, and I was sharing with him about business that there needs to be a very sudden shift in the body of Christ in this church, in this people, that we no longer look at covenant wealth and financial prosperity as optional, as a good idea, as something that you might aspire to, that if it happens, great. Uh, I, I think what happens if we, if we have that mindset we're missing uh, the mystery of the kingdom of God. because covenant wealth is a mandate from God. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, God says, "I want you to remember that I give you power to get wealth that I may establish my covenant that, that I swore unto your fathers. So covet, so wealth from God is part of the covenant. Okay, which means you and I don't have to try to convince God to do it. We don't have to try to trick God, manipulate God, talk God into wealth. He said, remember, I give you power to get it. Did anybody listen to me? There? So I can establish something. Okay. Um, give me Deut- uh, Genesis. 17 and verse seven. Give me Genesis 17 verse seven. I'll get into the message here. I'm already in it. You just y'all catch up with me. Genesis 17 verse seven, this is God talking to Abram or Abraham. He says, "And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations." For an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. So the covenant God established with Abraham that Abraham will be the heir of the world. H-E-I-R, heir of the world. He said, I'm establishing that covenant with you and your descendants after you in their generations. Galatians 3 verse 29. Just leave it here. Galatians 3 29 says that if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So how many of y'all belong to Christ? You're you're Christians, not just Christians on some paper. I mean Christians. I mean you actually been circumcised in your heart. Okay. So if you belong to Christ and you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you are Abraham's heirs according to Galatians 3.29, belong to Christ, then Genesis 17.7 applies to you. You are in Genesis 17.7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. So even in our generation, we are many, 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 many generations beyond Abraham, but the same covenant that he talked about here in Genesis 17 applies to us. That's why when he comes along in Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 and says that I give you power to get wealth that I may establish my covenant. Put that back on the screen. Genesis, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 because it says something here. He says, I give you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers. Hallelujah, help me, Holy Ghost. Isaiah 51 God says, goes on to say in verse, right around verse two and three, and he says, look to your uh, father, Abraham, who bore you. Yes. Come on, sir. See, Abraham is our father. He's our father. So the covenant that God established with him applies to us. Are y'all catching me? I said all that to say this. Covenant wealth is not optional. It's a mandate. Just like us winning souls is a mandate. We must do it. Paul said, uh, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. I must preach. I had a guy say one time, you still preaching? Man, if I don't preach, I die. I don't preach for money, I preach for mandate. Hey. So just like we have a mandate to win souls, we have a mandate to lay hands on the sick. Can y'all say the word mandate? Mandate. mandate means something that's mandatory. You know when something's mandatory, uh, you don't have an option. And so we must lay hands on the sick and heal them. We must cast out devils. We must visit the orphans and the widows. We must. we must do it. That's what pure religion, undefiled religion is. And we do that, right? Glory to God. We just, uh, we set out last Sunday, remember that, to uh, receive, to do a, that solar project for the orphanage there in Zimbabwe. We set a, set a goal of $1,200, right? And I came back and told you, well, the end up costing a total of $2,700. And so, you know, people got nervous, we got to do another offer. No, we didn't have to, be, have to that, do that because uh, what we received was $7,700. Oh. Amen. So we were still $5,000 over what we needed for the upgraded system. Now, why do we do that? It's a mandate. If you can see why wealth is a mandate, it's so we can do that. That's just one little orphanage with 30 kids in it. Throughout Africa and throughout uh, particular countries that we are in association with, Zimbabwe and Zambia, uh, there are orphanages all over the place. Uh, Kirkland LaToya, a couple years back, 2019, I believe it is, went to Naco, right there in Mexico, and uh, they saw what it's like. I mean, it's... Hallelujah. Pastor Joshua Joshua is just returning this past week from Haiti, been there uh, since before Christmas. I think Christmas week went down there. Uh, ministering, having a revival and uh, thank God we were able to get some funds down there and they did a big outreach in the community to bring to win some souls. You you all did that, amen? Um, But that's just one location. You see? I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to just tell you since since it's my soapbox. See, we need our own social media. That won't censor us for preaching the gospel. Because if you think, well, they censored the president, he needs to be censored. Well, all they did was prove what they could do. Regardless of how we feel about it, what they did was prove what they can do. And if you think they're going to stop at the president, you better better get some smelling salts because they're coming after the whole church. So we need our own social media. We need we need somebody to in the body of Christ say I'm, we're going we, I'm gonna buy a plane, and then we're gonna buy a second plane, and then we're gonna get a fleet of planes, and then we're gonna get land and get our own airport. And somebody say I, I'm gonna be a developer and I'm gonna build our, our own hotel. Right? You, you follow this? See, we're talking about a mandate that's gotta be on us, uh, and we see this. No longer as all right, passengers up there preaching that money stuff. You know, he's been preaching that for years. And okay, it is time. <laughs> 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 it is time. <laughs> Y'all got this. It's it's a mandate. It's a mandate. Look somebody right in the eye and say it's a mandate. It's a mandate. Wealth does not. Wealth is no longer optional for you. Help me out. Look at me now and say, wealth is no longer optional for you. If you're going to be in this church, you're under a mandate. You're under mandate. Now, anything that he mandates... He makes a way. That's why Deuteronomy 8.18, he said, I give you the power to get it. Because if I mandate it, I'm going to supply it. You see? Glory to God. Glory to God. Pastor Kim mentioned 100 days of lockdowns. I mean there are people, I mean the, the unemployment list is growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. They're growing and growing and 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 and, and you know, Pastor Kim and this man, but it's a system. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, it's two, sna- two heads on the same snake. It's two heads on the same snake. I don't care what part are they from. It's evil, wicked men running a system. The white ones, the black ones, the Republicans, the Democrat ones, they all part of the same evil system. I don't trust not one of them. My trust is in God. You see? And so God has to raise up people who are going to grab a hold of what he's talking about. So we've entered into an era of miraculous. A time where we're going to see God move in a supernatural uh Way and in supernatural ways to get things done. I talked about last week how Apostle Urban declared this, uh, God told him it's woe time. And I told y'all it's woe time and show time at the same time. Hallelujah. Now I want to show you something here. Glory to God. Y'all just flow with me here. Proverbs 12, verse 7. Proverbs 12, verse 7. Pastor, I we read Proverbs every day, right? Hallelujah. This is January. It's a good time to start over if you didn't. How many of y'all tell the truth you missed a few days last year? Yeah. All right, good. Good. I missed I did too. I did too. You good. I missed a few days. you I missed a few weeks, Lord. <laughs> I missed a couple months, Pastor Kimberly. Okay. Start over. Get, get back on the horse and let's ride out. Thank you, Lord. No condemnation. Proverbs 12, verse 7. Glory to God. Man, there's an anointing already in this place. Man. man. And God, boy. you in the right place, boy. At the right time. Proverbs 12, 7 says, now those of you who've, been, who've heard Pastor Durbin, he's been talking about the difference between the wicked and the sinner and the, the righteous. All right, we're part of the righteous. There are sinners that we're trying to reach, but then there's wicked people out there that um, they're in trouble. Okay? It says in verse 7 of Proverbs 12, it says, the wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. Okay? Now, go over two chapters, please, to chapter 14, because I told you it's woe time and show time at the same time. Proverbs 14, verse 11. Now, some of you, when you see this, of course, you read it every month. You should be, anyway. But you'll remember last year, March 20th of 2020, we were over at a church called Powerful Living Ministries. Remember that. And I preached this verse. Proverbs fourteen eleven. In fact, we're going back over there a couple of months. We're back back over the power of the living. Pastor, we going back over there. Yes. Yes. Who else inviting us? Who else would even have us? Ain't nobody else called us. Can y'all come over and preach some of that good word? No, ain't nobody called us. No, nobody else want to hear this. So somebody invites you, you where are we going? There'll be more of us than there are them. Well, you come get filled up. Right. 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 Look at Proverbs 14, verse 11. The house of the wicked will be overthrown, but the ten of the upright will flourish. Notice the contrasting here. Wicked, upright, overthrown, flourish. Both of them will be. Woe time, show time, same time. Now, remember, I preached those of you that were there. I preached a message entitled "The Best of Times," and I quoted from Charles Dickens. I remember Charles Dickens. You read that story? Was it "Grapes of Wrath" or whatever? "Tales of Two Cities." That's what it was. Thank you. Uh, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, right? And all the different things I quoted. I can't remember now. but I went back and pulled the message. There was a line I used in that message. And we said this, God is about to make a major distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Now, when he told me that, I didn't know anything. I I didn't even understand this whole thing about who the wicked really are. And that this was judgment time. But just prophetically, he spoke that back then. So I want you to see that God is about to do something so supernatural that you're gonna be able to discern between the righteous and the wicked. Good thing is, you and I are part of the righteous. All the righteous people, put your hand up in there, air. Wave them like you just don't care. If you really love my Savior, let me hear you say, oh yeah. Y'all need to stop. i back. Y'all are crazy, man. But I love it, I love it. Habakkuk 2, verse 14 in Amplified Bible. Habakkuk 2, verse 14 in Amplified Bible says, the time is coming when the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Okay, so God is going to reveal his glory over the earth. The time is coming and I've been telling you the time is now. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Now, Wednesday night, I preach from John chapter 2. Well, I preached a lot of verses, but in John chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible talks about Jesus Christ going to the wedding in Cana, and it says it was on the third day. And I took time to explain to you that that prophetically was showing us where we are today. Everybody listening? All the youth listening. Y'all youth listen. Those of you, I want everybody to listen. We are in, prophetically, the third day. In other words, there is no, there is no, um, coincidence in history. All of history has been planned out. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. Give me Hebrews 11 verse 3. Glory to God. Hebrews 11 verse 3. I'm just going to flow for a second. Just hang with me. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, switch, please, to the Amplified. Let's see what the Amplified says here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Y'all listen to this? Hallelujah. They'll get it for us here in a second. Because I want you to see this. By faith we understand that the worlds, notice this phrase, during these successive ages. Because the word worlds there is not cosmos like planet, but eons like time. So the times were framed by the word of God. So God knew the times. He planned all of Genesis, all throughout to Malachi and through Matthew to Revelation and to the book of Acts and to where we are now to this day. God planned, God knew this time. So God's not surprised by what's going on in 2020 you saying God planned a pandemic? No, he didn't plan a pandemic. He knew about it. He planned a revival. The devil planned the pandemic to stop the revival. The devil understood that God had already prophesied this most prophetic time in history, so the devil had to cover our mouths with masks and then now use his big tech To begin to censor, and as we've been hearing uh, uh, taught, threaten the body of Christ against speaking in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because God has planned out all the successive ages. So the time we're living in now, God has already planned it out. So when we look in John 2 verse 1, go back to John 2 verse 1, New King James. It's the third day. Everybody say the third third day. We're living in the third day what do we mean the third day? The Bible says, and Peter said that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Right? So, since Jesus Christ was born, went to the cross, died, went to the grave, and then rose again and and, and ascended to the Father, uh, we are just just about 2,000 years from that time. We finished 2,000 years. We're in the third thousand. And here's the news, it's the last thousand. In terms of human history, it's the seventh day. 4,000 years to Christ, 2,000 years since. So it's the seventh day. And the third day at the same time. I learned, I was preaching this, this scripture here in, in Frankfurt and one of my minister friends, he said, hey, did you know, he, said, he had done some suddenness, he said, did you know that this was the seventh day of Jesus' ministry? The day this happened was his seventh day in ministry? So the seventh day and the third day lined up, exactly. That's a prophetic picture of where we are living today. Do you understand you are alive in the most prophetic time in human history? God planned successive ages. Man, if I was here in slavery times, you couldn't have been here in slavery times. That wasn't your time. Man, if I was here back in the, in the medieval times, and dark ages, man, I'm gonna tell you where I would've been. I would You weren't, you weren't there. I sure wish I walked the on Jesus Christ was here, boy, because I would've believed then. I would've gotten some miracles then. He didn't want you to be there then. He wanted you to be here now. We are the finishing generation. Oh My God, we're the finishing generation, which means we're not, oh God, we're not many days Deacon Robert from the return of Jesus. Ask your neighbor, are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, so the third day, we're in that. Now, what I wanted you to see was this third day, a miracle happened. Now in John 2, verse 4, he said, My hour has not yet come. I gotta pick the pace up a little bit here. Glory to God. It's just the anointing. I, I mean I I literally feel this tingle from the crown of my toes of my feet. That's I'm trying to contain myself. Whew. My goodness. He said, My hour has not yet come in John 2, 4. So he understood he had a, an hour, a time that would be his. Now I want you to, sh- to look to Luke 22, verse 53. They can put on the screen for me, please. Y'all just, just keep your heads up here because this is just review. Luke 22:53. 53, Jesus was talking to the um, people who came to arrest him. He said, when I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your hour. So this is your hour and the power of darkness. So he understood Vanessa, that the, the darkness has an hour. And we've been living under the last 2,000 years the hour of darkness, what the Bible calls the time of the Gentiles. So God has given the Gentile the word Gentile simply means unbelievers, the unsaved. So God has given them a time to operate, to rule, and to repent. Remember, God says Revelation, I gave Jezebel time to repent. And she didn't, so I got to take her out. That's how merciful God is to give Jezebel time to repent. Now, what he's talking about prophetically in Revelation is the spirit of Jezebel. Because the spirit of Jezebel is still here today. And people who operate on that spirit of Jezebel, that controlling spirit that seeks to shut down the prophetic voice. The Jezebel spirit, I grew up, you know, Ever to tell you, we grew up in the same church, Pentecostal. We were taught Jezebel spirit was if your women put on too much makeup or uh, any makeup, if you, if you even dared to paint yourself. Sister Patricia, you remember that, right? You put on lipstick and some earrings, and you might have had your dress was just a snap bit too tight. They call you old Jezebel, Jezebel spirit. Now, you know, I wasn't in agreement that tight dresses should be worn. They still shouldn't be worn. Hello? Y'all got quiet. I'll I'll move on because y'all don't like that. Am I right about it? Because the Bible says, why why not tight dresses, Pastor? This is how I feel. But the Bible says don't be a stumbling block to your brother. And some of y'all put on tight dresses and got to walk to the bathroom three times. All right, hey sis, we know you're here. We know you're here. Sit down. What happens is you become a stumbling block to your brother. So that's that's why. It's not because anybody wants to control you. It's because you. The Bible says, "Don't be a stumbling block to your brother." You don't know who's weak. You don't know who got problems. I've done the whole perversion-aversion series with the men, but I don't know what was fixed and what wasn't fixed. All right, so it's on you, okay? Okay, so Gentiles. Let me get back on Gentiles. So the Gentiles have their time. The Gentiles have their time, and God says time's up because Jesus told them, he said, but this is your hour in the power of darkness, but he knew his hour was coming the hour in which he'd be glorified. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. All right, now we're going back to John in chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) I need a steak. That's going to fix it. No, I'm not not talking off, off wall, am I? Remember I told you I'm under the anointing. So the anointing must have wanted that. In John 17, let me show you something real quick. John 17, verse 1, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven. Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Because you just brought this to me. He spoke these words, John 17, verse 1. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your son also may glorify you. Woo-hoo-hoo. So, in the hour of darkness, Satan glorifies his children and his children glorify him. But in the hour of the kingdom, God glorifies his children. So his children, come on, may glorify him. Well, that's good right there. That's, that's worth the price of admission this Sunday right there. So he says, my hour has come. So in this hour, the third day, the seventh day at the same time, it's time for God to glorify his children. Now let me just help help you out. Some of y'all are still looking puzzled. What does he mean by glorify? Glorify don't mean like stick your finger in a socket and you just, it's the anointing glorify literally means to put the heavy weight and heavy honor of his substance on you in Isaiah 60 I'm not going to go over there just, just got on time but in Isaiah 60, he says two times, two or three times there, that I will glorify the place of my sanctuary. I will glorify my house. And each time through that, he says, I'm going to bring silver and gold there so I can glorify the place of my, of my sanctuary. So when God's saying I'm going to glorify you, it means he's going to put something tangible, something visible, something material on you. So the world going to say, what is that? It's a mandate. Thank you, Chris. You beat me to it. all y'all hear what I'm saying? Don't look at me like I'm saying this is a good idea. I'm telling you, it is a mandate. The hour has come for mandatory covenant wealth on your life. Listen to me. Please, please understand me. Please, everyone who is a doubter, I am not, and I never have, preached to get anything from you. I'm preaching to get something to you. I'm preaching to get this covenant wealth that God has established and set aside for you for this third day, for this seventh day into the hands of the right people. It's been in the hands of the wicked a long time, but your Bible says in Proverbs 13 verse 22 that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Man, this is this is this is strong. Ecclesiastes 226. Ecclesiastes 226. I'm just trying to help somebody get this, understand I'm not I'm not giving you a fairy tale, I'm not giving you a fable. God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to a man who is good in his sight, but to the who? Sinner, he gives the work of gathering. For the last, last 6,000 years, the sinners have been gathering and collecting. That he may give it to him who was good before God. Do I have anybody here who was good before God? How you know you're good? He made you good. Not good because of your good works, good because he made you good. Good because of his good works. Got it? Yes. So what they've been gathering for the last 6,000 years, Gershom, they've been gathering up some stuff. Yeah, so. us, huh. <laughs> it's woe time. I saw, I saw a, uh, an article yesterday. I sent it to dad. I said, whoa, I said, I said is this a woe? I saw uh, one of the Rothschilds Young man just dropped dead of a heart attack yesterday. Bam. I said, Whoa. Now, the Rothschilds aren't on the Forbes 500. See, these are the ones running the system. Y'all, y'all got to hear what I'm saying. They're the ones running this whole system, not the president. The presidents of countries, they're puppets. The Bible says money answers all things. There are people in money answering all, they're, they're running. Then he's sitting back to me, he said, huh. He said, well, this other billionaire, multi-billionaire, supposedly committed suicide yesterday. The guy who started and Low, y'all, how many of y'all know Sweetenlow? Low, the sugar? said he jumped out of his 11th story window in New York, in Manhattan, jumped out of his window. <laughs> uh, no. That's not what happened. Matter of fact, when I was in, in Frankfurt, I, 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 when I was preaching, I prophesied that, that you're going to see deaths coming that they're going to call suicides. They're going to be murders. I just prophesied that first week of January. Here it is yesterday This man And when I read the article About him it, Here's what it said His wealth Is unknown That's exactly what it said His wealth His net worth Is unknown <laughs> Are y'all hear What I'm saying to you See Woe time has begun Now don't y'all Make the foolish mistake Of waiting to 2022 To try to catch up with us I Tell your name You better get in right now Better get in Get in on the ground floor, get in while the getting is good, get in while God is moving. God's looking for somebody who will accept this kingdom mandate to be a receiver. Hallelujah. When, when, listen, Pauline knows it. Whenever, whenever we, we send monies over to Haiti or to Zambia or to Zimbabwe, we, we usually try to do a wire transfer directly through the bank. And when uh, time is of the essence and we can't do that, we'll use like a Western Union. But no matter which, opera, which uh, system we use, we have to, on the form, fill out who's the sender, and then there we have to fill out who's the receiver. So when we, we can send it, we do. But if the receiver doesn't go pick it up, it's just hanging out there. Ooh. I remember a few years back You better switch to that camera right there Because I'm about to come close I remember a few years back I saw in a vision A giant A giant Bunch of grapes They were suspended in the air Right over this section right here Man, they didn't even get happy over here There was a giant bunch of grapes That meant God has released something But somebody's got to receive it Somebody's gotta be a receiver. And all you need is your ID. What's your ID? Not my natural ID. I am born again, bought with a price. My name is Victory. I'm in the family of God. I'm in the family of Jesus. I have a new name and it's written over in glory. And all that stuff out there, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Somebody shout about that right now. <laughs> my God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God. I'm talking about supernatural, I'm talking about miraculous right now. I'm not talking about how many hours you can work. Not talking about how many jobs you can get. I'm not talking about How many degrees you can add? Wonderful. If God tells you to do all that, we're not against degrees, we're not against working, then all labor there is profit, but I'm talking about God is going to take your little. He's going to take what you do, and if you'll give it to him and trust him and follow Proverbs 3, verse verse 4 through 10, you're going to get some awesome results in your life. Thank you, Jesus. So, this third day miracle in John 2 the Bible says in verse 11 it revealed the glory of the Lord how many y'all remember the the miracle in John 2 y'all know what it was who who got healed oh it wasn't somebody got saved then It it was a devil cast out right no it was a financial miracle of luxury and extravagance him turning water into wine. And Pastor Kim explained to us from, from, uh, from Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10, that, that wine is not a necessity. This was a luxury item, which meant that he used this luxury, extravagance, miracle to demonstrate and reveal his glory. Everybody say, miracle. miracle. I gave you that word miracle, Simeon, in the Greek, a sign, a phenomenon, a wonder. An unusual occurrence transcended the common course of nature. And in John 2, 11, it says this beginning of miracles he did in Cana of Galilee. This arcade, this origin, this leader, this extremity of a thing, this miracle that he performed. Now, remember I told you this Wednesday night from Isaiah 46 and verse 10. The Bible says that God declares the end from the beginning. So he, he looks to the end, he plans it all out, and he declares the end from the beginning. So what's going to happen in the end, he'll show in the beginning. Got it? So it said this beginning of miracles, this arcade on the third day, so he's showing us what's going to happen on the third day. In the third day where we are now, Brother Chris. Glory to God. We're here. Now, can I show you something here? I'm glad you said yes, yeah, I was going to do it anyhow. Now, the, the third day, he turned water into wine a luxury, extravagance, abundance, right? Now, I want you to see an immediate manifestation of that. In John 21, verse 1, I'm going to read here a little bit. I want you to see something going on. Now, if we're talking about in order, chronological order, we know this, that in John 2, it was also the first miracle in the chronological order, right? right? Yes. Now, what I'm going to show you here in John 21 is the last miracle. In chronological order, but he declares the end from the, from the beginning. Show John twenty-one verse one. After these things, Jesus showed himself. Oh man, I'm so excited! He showed himself. Notice the see the Holy Ghost wrote this right. I said the Holy Ghost wrote this yes. This wasn't written by man Men wrote the Bible says, As they were inspired by the Holy Ghost So the Holy Ghost told men What to write So the Holy Ghost made sure That the way it was written It says after these things Jesus showed himself It doesn't say he appeared He came to them It says he showed himself He showed Himself Y'all got to catch it. Yeah, and it says, to so the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way, in this way, in this way he showed himself. Come on, he said, I'm going sh- to show you me. Come on. This way. Come on. So what we're about to read is how he wanted to Show himself. It just so happens, D, that that word showed is the same word as you see in John 2 when it says, uh, John 2, 11, that he manifested his glory. It's the exact same Greek word. Manifested or revealed is the same word we see here in John 21:1. showed. Exact same word. So the Holy Ghost is intentional, Boshara, in using the same words to get us to see the picture that the way he revealed his glory in John 2 is the way he showed himself in John 21. (laughs) So the first miracle was a miracle of luxury and extravagance and abundance. That's how he first showed up. So before he leaves, this is how he's going to show himself again. So from beginning... To end and everything in between, this I'm going to show you. This is who I am. I'm the God of abundance. I'm the God of luxury. I'm the God of prosperity. I'm the God of all supply. I'm the God of your financial breakthrough. I can meet every need you have. And in this way, Lawanda, he showed himself. Well, let's see what way he showed himself. Verse 2, Simon Peter called the, and Thomas called the twin. Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, Man, I'm going fishing. This wasn't like Deacon Robert saying, I'm going to throw the cast net out this weekend, see if I can catch me a few mullet. This is Peter, who was a fisherman, saying, I don't know what's up with this whole Jesus thing, I'm going back to fishing. You read other translations, it'll say, He's going back to fishing. I'm I'm leaving the ministry because we don't really know what's going on. With Jesus. We're gonna go. I'm I'm going back to my old business. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, renew my mind backwards. Now I've been living on super, supernatural supply for three and a half years, but Jesus is leaving, and I don't know how I'm gonna make it. Y'all catch this? Three and a half years. Jesus has been with them and supplied every need in abundance. But now Jesus is leaving and he's saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it. So I'm going to go back to my natural. And what the devil wants to get you and me to do is drop back down to the natural after we got saved supernaturally. That's, isn't what the Bible says? Having begun in the spirit, are you not, you're not going to finish things in the flesh? How many saved people do I have in here? You didn't get saved by the natural. Your salvation was a miracle. You got saved supernaturally. So he says, since that's how you got in, don't go back to living naturally. I'm going to show you that the same way you got saved is the same way you get healed, it's the same way you get financially blessed, the same way you get delivered, it's the same way, supernaturally. And the devil wants to convince us to live naturally when we're supposed to be living supernaturally Amen. he said I'm going back to fishing oh, well he, you know, he's kind of like the, the big guy in town so they said to him we're going with you also uh-huh. yeah we're going back too man I don't know. we're going to go back because Jesus left and we don't know how we're going to get them fish and bread and you know, all that kind of stuff we gotta go. let's go catch our own fish now they went out and immediately got into the boat and that night they caught nothing That night, they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? Now, he already knows. He knows. He knows. His question is, how's that working out for you? How's that natural toil working out for you? How's that natural struggle? How's that natural maneuvering working out for you? How's how's it working out when you're going back to your old natural man-made wisdom way of doing things? I gave you a three and a half year faith class. I demonstrated faith to you. I made the mystery of the kingdom known to you. And here you are back, fishing. There ain't nothing wrong with fishing, guys, y'all. Ladies, I know some of y'all ladies fish. No, nothing wrong with fishing. I'm not talking about fishing. I'm talking about they had gone back to their natural. Thank you, Lord. Whew. He said, children, y'all have any food? They answer him, what? No. Verse 6. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Now, this is not you've been fishing on the wrong side. He's telling them specifically on the right side as opposed to the left side. Now, I don't know, maybe there's somebody, something about starboard side of boats. I don't know that much about boating. I got some boaters in here who might know more about me, more than me about that. Uh, but obviously, it wasn't normal to fish on the right side of the boat. These are professional fishermen. They would have been fishing on the right side. But he said, cast it on the right side and you will find some. So they cast, they cast. Oh boy, I want to hear the. Um, and now, they were not able to draw it in because of the few couple of mullet, handful of little little shiners. It said, now remember, they went from catching nothing to in one cast. A multitude so much that they could not draw it in. It's supernatural. Now remember, this is how he is showing himself. Anybody catching what this are saying? He's showing himself this way. He's showing who he is. He's showing what he has. He's showing how he works this way. Glory to God. Verse 7, therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, now that's John. That's John, but he's the one writing this, so he's not going to write it and put his name in there. He said to Peter, Man? Now that's Jesus. Y'all are missing it. That's the Lord. Can you believe that in 2021 some things are going to happen in your life so big that people are going to say, Boy, that's the Lord. How many of y'all really expect it? Come on, put your hands in there and just wave them. There's some things that are going to happen in your life so big this year and the years to come that everybody around gonna say, Boy, that's the Lord, because they know that ain't you, that ain't you. You ain't that smart, you ain't that good looking, you ain't got that much connection. And they gonna say, that is the Lord. It's the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. Just slap your neighbor on the side and tell them they gonna know, they gonna know. That's not good English, just say what I said. They gonna know, they gonna know. They gonna know it ain't me, it ain't me. Don't give me any credit. Don't give me any glory. It's the Lord. That's what, that's what Peter said, uh, John, uh, John said to Peter. He said, man, it, it's the Lord. He said, in other words, only the Lord can do that. That's the glory of the Lord. Only the Lord can do that. We couldn't do that. We, this is our business. We've never caught anything like that in, the, in, in all our years. Our daddies ain't caught nothing like this. You know, Peter's, Peter's dad was in business, right? Y'all remember that from, from Luke 5. His dad was in the business too. Our dad ain't never caught. Our granddaddy, we been we from 12 generations of fishermen, we ain't never caught nothing like this. That is the Lord. Some of y'all, you from 3 and 4 and 10 and 25 generations of poverty and lack and struggle and government assistance. And when you hit, have God hit your life this year, people are going to say, that is the Lord. Because your whole family grew up in the projects Your grandparents grew up in the projects Your great-grandparents grew up in the projects Your great-great-grandparents were slaves and, and, and sharecroppers How in the world you prosper like that? It is the Lord And the Bible says this is how he showed himself Glory to God Peter When Peter heard it was the Lord he put on his outer garment for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. He said, y'all stay with these fish. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Now there's a whole other message in there, Shante. I can't preach it all, but just as a note, the last time Peter had encountered Jesus, he had, remember, he's got to deal with this whole issue of his denying him. Jesus, come! Remember, he when Jesus raised, was raised again, he said, "Call my disciples and Peter." Call my disciples and Peter. Tell Peter, come on down here. So Peter is like, "Oh, that's the Lord. I gotta, I gotta go to him." Thank you, Holy Ghost. I say that. That means when the prosperity comes, you gotta want him more than the prosperity. Thank you. How how do I know that? Holy ghost telling me this right now. How do I know that? Because when Peter gets on the shore and they finally eat that sit down and eat breakfast, he asks them three times, Peter, do you love me more than these? You want to love the Lord more than these. When you sit there with a pocket full of money And your bank account full of money You have to still love the Lord more than these More than these cars More than these houses More than these shoes More than these clothes More than these purses More than these suits More than these stuff You have to love him more than these Because only then Will you submit to him And feed his lambs And feed his sheep Because if you start loving these more than him, you'll stop stop feeding his lambs and stop feeding his sheep, and you'll start feeding yourself. That's what God put out a you know, it's woe time. He put out a woe to the shepherds. He said, woe to you shepherds who scatter my sheep. He said, you start feeding yourself, and you stop feeding my sheep. So God, thank you Lord, I hate, I hate to say this, y'all pastors, listen to me, but God's going to judge some pastors in 2021 and 2022 who have forgotten about feeding the sheep and all they're doing is sitting at home with their fat little paycheck, their fat little steady paycheck, and not feeding God's people. Yeah, I made a little video. Ain't feeding, and the problem is when you start loving these more than him, you'll stop feeding them, the people, and start feeding yourself. So Peter was in love. Peter said, "No, y'all, hey, y'all, y'all do with these fish, man. I'm going to Jesus." We used to sing a song. I'm running for my life. 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 If anybody asks you, what's the matter with me? Just tell them I'm saved, sanctified. Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. I got Jesus on my side and I'm running for my life. There is. There it is. Any old school people remember that song? I'm running for my life. I'm running for my life, I'm running for my life, I'm running for my life. If anybody asks you what's the matter with me, just tell them I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. I got Jesus on my side and I'm running for my life. We another song. I'll take Jesus for mine. Yes. I'll take Jesus for mine. You may have this whole wide world, but I'll take Jesus for mine. So Patricia, you remember that song? See, we, we, in other words, the stuff can never be more important yeah. than Jesus. Y'all, see y'all, y'all tripping out on me right now. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to worry about y'all for a minute. See, you cannot go after stuff. Jesus said, if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, all these things shall be added to you. You ain't got to chase no stuff. If you chase him, he'll make the stuff chase you. <laughs> I'm going to compromise. That's good preacher, Pastor. That's good preacher. If you don't chase stuff, chase him. Tell your neighbor, don't chase stuff, chase him. If you chase him, the stuff will chase you. How do I know? Because all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and hearken to all his commandments, it's gonna come on your life. Somebody show yes! Y'all don't make me preach this hard, don't make me preach this hard. Cause the stuff is gonna come. I said the stuff is gonna come. It's already been released. I said it's already been released. It's like a whole big bunch of grapes are spinning over your head right now. He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. It's over your head right now. Just reach up and receive everything God has for you in this supernatural, miraculous time of prosperity and abundance. It's the third day. It's the third day. It's the third day. day. It is his hour. It is his hour. It is his time. Hallelujah. But if I gotta choose, you may have this whole wide world, but I'll take Jesus. For my good thing is, I'm not the Jews. Look at what it says here. Let me finish this. Let me finish this. Let me finish this, me finish this. Me finish this point because I haven't finished the message Wednesday. <sighs> Hallelujah. Is anybody sensing what I'm feeling up in this place? Disciple, verse 7, John 21, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. And he had to plunge into the sea and that means he had to maneuver through the sea. Now wait a minute. It's the same Peter who was going to walk on water and got scared and began to drown. Couldn't figure out how to swim. But now he there jumping in the water. Thank you Holy Ghost, sir. I'm trying, I'm... Try, I'm because in the sea, he has to go, get through the sea to get to Jesus on the shore. The sea in the Bible most times represents people. Multitudes, masses of people, which means that when you want to get to Jesus Christ, sometimes you have to press your way through a crowd, through a multitude, through a mass, because I'm not here. Good to see y'all. How you doing? But I gotta get through you because I'm trying to get to him. It's the third day. It's the third day. You have to press through all the masses. Thank you holy ghost. Oh my. My 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 my. Verse 8. But the other disciples came in the little boat for they were not far from land but about 200 cubits dragging the net with fish. Dragging. Dragging deep. Did you you a cast net fisherman? You've been out there, man? I mean, you will hope to one day get a catch that you can't pull it up. You got to drag it all down the shore. You got to. When you get like that, you call everybody, hey, we're having a fish fry. Bring Get some grits and some hush puppies or something. We're going to be at the coleslaw. We're going to be at the church house. How many of y'all wouldn't mind that a church house cook fry, no uh, fish fry? Praise the Lord. But it said they drugged it, dragging the net with fish. Verse 9, then as soon as they had come to land, as soon as, remember, he's showing himself. He's showing himself. Chris, you see this back there, Chris? He's showing himself. As soon as they had come to land, remember, he's showing himself. They saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it. He showed himself, Mayan. He said, I got what you're looking for. What you need, I already got it. You ain't gotta go that no more. I got it, you're in the kingdom, you're in me. I'm in you, you're with me, I'm with you. Anything you need, just come unto me. All you are labor and heavy laden and You, he's showing us in these last days that anything we could ever want, need, desire, think about it's already in him, he already has it. Just on GPS, just shout hallelujah. 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 Tell your neighbor he already got it, he already got it, he already got it. That's bad English. I don't care if it's bad English, tell him he already got it. They saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. And bread. So, some of that, that that good light bread that good, good white bread that soak all the grease up. You know how y'all think about that He is the bread when you're hungry. He is a bridge over troubled water. He is the way out of no way. He is a doctor in the sick room. He is a lawyer in the courtroom. He is our judge. He is our friend. He is our king. He is our lawgiver. He is. He is our everything. Somebody shout yes! Of course he's got bread. Of course, he's got bread. Of course, he's got bread. Complete, complete meal. No fish without bread. He, of course, he's got bread. All right, it's late. Let's let's wrap this up. Let's let, let's let's try to finish this introduction. fish lay it on it fish lay it on it and breathe God you're true God's got it. You ain't got to go to the world for nothing else. Everything you need, God's got it. You ain't got to toil and struggle and strain for anything else. Everything you need, God's got it already. He's shown himself. He's shown himself. And then, and then, verse 10, verse 10, he said, bring, bring some of the fish y'all caught. Bring, watch this, watch the tithe. I know there's a Holy Ghost. I've read the scripture. I'm all, I never saw that until It just came in my spirit. Watch the tide. Bring some of the fish you just caught. Now they wouldn't have caught man fish if he hadn't given them the power to catch the fish. They were broke. Yo, y'all catch that? They were broke deep, no fish. They wouldn't have caught any fish until he gave them power to catch fish. So when they come to the show, he said, now just bring some. (laughs) Not all of it. Just some. He ain't going to ask for all your fish. Just bring some. Just bring me a first fruit. Just bring me a tithe. Just bring me a portion. And we're going to eat it together. Because when you tithe right now, Peter, the windows of heaven are going to be open over your life. I'm going to pour out such blessing you don't have room enough to receive it all. Everybody's going to call you blessed and they're going to know you are a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Just, Just bring me some. Some of the fish which you have just caught. You caught it by my power. You're gonna be made rich, not by your power, not by your might, but by His Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You're gonna be so blessed, the whole world's gonna call you blessed. You're gonna be so blessed the whole world's gonna call you rich not by your power, not by your might but by his spirit and when the Lord bless you don't forget to bring him his first fruit don't forget don't forget to bring him his tithe so the blessing can stay on your life you call it you call it. All right, let me finish this here. Let me finish this here. All oh, us talk about fish and bread starting to do something. Yeah. Woo! Verse 11. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of Large fish, big fish, big fish. No finger. This ain't no little finger mullet. This is. It's not little minnows. This is. This is some snook and some big reds and some big drums and some grouper. Gag them giant grouper and Goliath. There's some. big, some big Some right there. How many of y'all are expecting great things? Great things are about to happen in your life. Big, 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 big. Somebody shout big. Just high five, three people tell them big, 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 big. Why am I doing that? Because I told you I'm prophesying. I'm prophesying. Big things. Something big is about to happen. Something big is about to happen in your life. Just receive it. I receive it by the Spirit. 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 Oh yes. Oh yes. the net to land full of large full of large fish one hundred and fifty three and although there were so many the net was not broken remember in Luke five when they caught the fish The nets broke. But in this finality, in this end time, in this closing generation, you ain't gonna lose anything. Because your nets are strong. And the net was not broken. How many fish? Large. The Holy Ghost tells us exactly how many. All oh, other words, it's such a, such a, such a, such a uh, magnitude that he had to be very specific. Now, well, what does 103 mean? Well, you can do a little study. I like math. 153 is a prime number. It is a number that if you were to take all the numbers from 1 to 17 and add them together, you'd get 153. 17 is the biblical number of victory. So 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5 plus 6 plus 7 plus 8 plus 9 plus 10 plus 11 plus 12 plus 13 plus 14 plus 15 plus 16 plus 17 is 153. And I shouldn't have said it's a prime number, but, but you can do a prime factorization of it. Where if you take 9 times 17, you get 153. 9 is 3 times 3. Third, third day. Victory. If you were to add one plus five plus three, you, get, you get nine. I just, you know, these numbers, you just, if you're used to with numbers, you just kind of do all kinds of stuff with numbers. One plus five plus three is nine. Nine times 17 is going to give you 153, 17 is the number of victories. So he's taught, he's prophesying a third day victory to us in the body of Christ. He said, this time I'm going to show myself in the third day to you. It wasn't 154. It wasn't 152. It was exactly 153. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What was I preaching about? Oh, miracle business. (laughs) This is the introduction. Do you see this? Y'all, y'all got it? You got the fact that you are living in the third day? And in the body of Christ, we're about to see the greatest days we've ever known in our time. We're in it. Not we're about to go into it. Not it's coming. We're in it right now. And so... Number one, I'd make sure I'm saved. Number two, I'd make sure I get filled with the Holy Ghost. So I can stay saved. So I can walk this thing out. So I can hear his wisdom. So I can hear his voice. And number three, I'd go and accept the mandate he's put on my life. To walk in Covenant wealth and kingdom abundance so that I can be used in these last days to make the world go, what? You see? I was telling Deacon Gershom, I I drove by to go check his house out. Gershom was sure they have been fixing their house up. I drove by to go check it out. I said, man, that's beautiful. The best looking house in the neighborhood. But that's what it's supposed to be. So the so the little uh, the little couple they got um, couples next door to them. You know what I mean by that? You know, um, couples. It's got to make one of them couples go, "Wow, you have the best looking house in the neighborhood." Cause, see, because the world's used to those other couples having the best looking houses. Now, this isn't just about a house. You know what I'm talking about? This is about your whole life. So, your marriage. You better preach this word. You better preach this word. Supposed to be the best looking one. Marriage made in heaven. Your children. People look yes. at them and say, Wow, look, your children, wow. Your families are blessed. Yes. You're walking around with your health and your strength. Bless. Not a reasonable potion, not a reasonable potion. No, I'm talking about, man, you're strong. Bless. And when they see you operating the things of the kingdom, They will look and say, tell us about your God. Show us how to know Jesus, who you serve. You see? And then don't be ashamed. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, thank you today for what you're saying to us, what you're showing us, this mandate for this hour, that we are, as your people, supposed to walk in um, a place of spiritual, emotional, physical, and financial well-being such that the world has to say the Lord has done great things for us. We'll say yes, the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. And they'll have to call us blessed because you said you'll make us a delightful land. And that Father that as people are hurting, lost, and dying and struggling in their families, or in their marriages, in their finances, in their physical bodies, that we've that we love you more than the stuff. And we never make the stuff more important than you. We never make the stuff more important than ministry. So we're always available to minister to somebody, always available. To be a blessing, always available, and always even have the things—the things that we have—available. That we're not going to be those ones who, when we get that car, or get those shoes, or get that whatever, whatever, whatever thing, act like it'll be the last one we ever have. Because <laughs> God, you're the God of more than enough. And whatever we have to do to open our hand to bless somebody else and minister to somebody else, we'll do it. We'll do it. And as you enlarge our responsibility to minister to villages and to towns and to whole nations, God will do it. We'll do it. It'll be our pleasure to do it. Even right here in St. Petersburg and the surrounding cities where there's a great need here. Those who have been victimized by this world system, victimized by Satan, you'll give us the ability to go about healing all those who are oppressed by the devil, victimized, harassed by Satan's agenda. Thank you that, God, you'll empower us to do so, and we'll do these things gladly. Thank you, Father. God, I pray that every person who's heard this message today that we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our minds are renewed by this word of God. So let this word help renovate our minds, renovate our way of thinking today. So we'll think not like natural men, but think like kingdom Holy Ghost-filled men and women. He'll hear your voice. who will trust you with all of our hearts and lean not to our understanding nor all of our ways to acknowledge you, knowing that you will direct our paths. So lead us and guide us this day and always, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Listen, there may be somebody in this room